Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Zoe, welcome Uh to the podcast. What would you like a reading about today? So when I wrote to you on a whim, my question was that, I am always struggling with feeling kind of like I don't belong in a place. And so right now, the the context is that, you know, I'm an immigrant in the U.S., cannot really go back home to where I come from because of political issues. And so it seems like, oh, the out of place just seems really obvious. But then my question is that even before all of these things happen, before I immigrated, I still always feel that way, even in my family even sometimes like I felt like I tried to find this sense of belonging in my long-term romantic relationship, feeling a little bit uneasy, like I should feel more comfortable and more at ease, but I'm not. Mm. And are you in a relationship currently? Yes. Okay. And do you have that feeling currently in the relationship? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So first of all, let me just share your birth data. You were born December 2nd, 1989, 4.48 p.m. Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I was really drawn to your question because you reference feeling like not feeling like a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? So I want, wanted to ask you to like a little bit unpack. What do you really mean when you say that? I think I've always think that I'm supposed to feel more at ease at certain contexts. So, so for example, I think the family one, like I know lots of people have family issues, right? But like the dominant narrative or like the dream, it's like when you hang out with your family. And Mm -hmm. I see some of my friends have that. You feel nice and you feel this warm and cozy feeling or in other kinds of relationships supposed to feel this way. But I just always struggle with getting there. Mm. Um, and so like, you know, more broadly, like in life, I think like as a woman of color in often predominantly white spaces, like that, of course, is like really heightened. Yeah. But like, I'm kind of like not even talking about that. It's like in moments where I'm supposed to feel easy and comfortable, but I'm still not. Mm-hmm. And how, when did you move to the U.S.? Oh, when I was 17. Okay. So you had this feeling even when you were in Hong Kong where you were not, it was not at all about people being different or whatever. Okay. Correct. Okay. There's so many levels that I want to like try (laughs) to address this on. So the first thing I want to say is you have a stellium in Capricorn. You've got Uranus, Neptune, and Saturn all sitting on top of Uh each other and Venus and the moon sitting on top of each other. And all of that Capricorn can make you feel existentially aware of your own isolation from others. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Capricorn governs a bunch of things in astrology, mm-hmm. but one of them is your epidermis, this, the organ of your skin all f- mm-hmm. around your body. It also governs your bones. In other words, it's the things that hold you separate and together. 
Does that uh-huh. make sense? Like yes. separate from other people and it holds you together. Like uh-huh. Think, uh-huh. your your skin and your bones really do a lot of good work for your your guts and your weird liquid stuff, right? Yeah. So there's a way that all of this Capricorn stuff, it reinforces how you are separate in a very existential way, mm-hmm. which can lead to feelings of isolation, loneliness, feelings of it's kind of down to me. I got to figure uh-huh. my shit out for me. That, does that, uh-huh. make, that make sense, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because a lot of times when people reach out about feeling like they're born in the wrong time, feeling like they're born in the wrong body, I really immediately think about Neptune. And you do have mm-hmm. an interesting Neptune placement, which we will talk about in a moment. Uh-huh. But you didn't exactly frame it that way. It's more about belonging. And so yeah. this is where I wanted to ask you. Do you feel like you belong to yourself? I think that's something that I've been grappling with the last few months. Yeah. Um, only in the last few months did I have this strange awakening that like, oh, I think all my parts are like coming back to me. Mm. And years ago, like, you know, I'm going around life totally fine, but always super anxious. And now that I was like, oh, I'm starting to collect these parts that were inside, but somehow was suppressed, I feel much more confident. So I think I only started recently to feel like I belong to myself. Yeah. And have you experienced, and you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but have you experienced Mm -hmm. in these couple of months, and this is all very tentative and very new in your Mm -hmm. experience, but have you experienced, now that you're feeling a sense of belonging to yourself a little more, any difference in the feelings of not belonging with others? Or is it uh, kind of two separate things, apples and oranges? I mean, it sticks things up a lot because I think I, again, I used to feel like I need to belong to somebody else, to something else. Mm. And then now, again, it's like making me question like more of the primary relationships in my life and say, oh, but now that I can belong to myself, then what does these relationships mean? What is at the core of them? Yeah. And how do I want them to change? Yeah. Okay. We're getting at it. We're getting at it. Okay. So let me say a couple of things. The first is you are post-Saturn return. So in 2024, uh-huh. transiting Saturn will form a sextile to your birth chart Saturn. And the Saturn sextile to Saturn is a really important transit in the kind of large arc of the Saturn return cycle. So your post-Saturn return, now you're, you know, an adult from the Mm -hmm. perspective of astrology. And Saturn forms a sextile to Saturn, which supports us in embodying all of the work that we struggled to in the Saturn return, right? So it's quickly coming for you. And you're very Uh lucky in that you have an ascendant or rising sign at 28 degrees of Taurus. So Pluto is currently forming a trine to your ascendant, which is a transit that really empowers you to go deep into your identity and to Mm -hmm. work through things that are painful, but to do it in a way where you feel empowered, where you feel like, oh, I'm making progress. Oh, shit, Mm -hmm. this is clicking. And that might even mean like having a chance encounter with someone that just like it clicks something, it affirms something for you, right? That's what this Pluto trying to the ascendant can do. So going through this Pluto transit as you build towards your Saturn sextile to Saturn, Mm-hmm. What I think is really happening is you are figuring out how to belong to yourself and not just figuring mm-hmm. out how to belong to yourself, but figuring out 
that it's actually okay that that that's actually something you need to do because here's here's something complicated you have this moon venus conjunction and this is a lovely aspect if you've uh-huh. ever read any have you ever read any books that like describe what the moon venus conjunction is no it's like sunshine and lollipops. That's what you're going to read. It's just like uh-huh. people like you. It gives you a very agreeable nature. Uh-huh. It makes it so that you can kind of like just get on well with others. You're good at mm-hmm. like meeting people's needs, all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. It also makes you really, really want to be liked and approved of by mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it generally, not always, but it generally coincides with having a parent who prized being like very likable and being easygoing and not causing waves. They prize that really highly for you. Did you have that experience? I think on the service, yes. But I think like that particular parent figure I'm thinking of in the private life, no. On the service, like wanting approval right. and recognition. and In the, yeah, in the world, yeah. but not at home. Yes, correct, right. correct. That's, and that's the, this is very important because- what this models in a way is that when you leave the comfort of and the safety of home, you have to prepare yourself for the consumption of others. Mm-hmm. You have to belong to others. Yeah. And that's the way to belong to yourself. And that's what empowers you to be able to do whatever the hell you want at home. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Now we're seeing yeah, it, yeah. right? Yeah, I see so it. Yeah. This is one of these things in your birth chart, the Moon-Venus conjunction in Capricorn. That is beautiful. It is a lovely aspect, but because it is so beautiful and it is so lovely and it is so high functioning in the world, (laughs) what happens is we tend to lean on it too much. And then it creates this kind of like maladjusted relationship to it where because you're so good at being liked by others, because you're so good at getting along, it starts to become an oversized part of your personality, which brings you further and further from belonging to yourself. Yeah. Because it can get things done. And so a big part of me is like, okay, so far it's been working. Yeah. So if I drop this, then what on earth is going to happen? Correct. And on top of it, Capricorn is a zodiac sign. And a lot of people don't get this about Capricorn. But, you know, I feel like your generation of millennials is really just Mm. like struggles with this, is that Capricorn wants to be approved of at all costs. Mm -hmm. So people are like, oh, Capricorn's curmudgeon Sure. But the kind of core, one of the core drives mm-hmm. of Capricorn energies is to be approved of. So you have this Saturnian drive to be approved of. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to do the right mm-hmm. thing. I'm going to be beyond reproach. And then you have a mm-hmm. you have that fucking Venus component, which is just like, and it's really important that people like me and that they're comfortable with me. And so it makes sense that you would be, and you haven't shared this, but I'm going to make a, an assumption based on your birth chart, mm-hmm. that you would be a really high functioning adult who is very good at navigating people and things. And then you go home and you're like, am I even empty? Am I full? Uh What am I? Where am I? Yeah, on paper, everything is so fine and good. Yes. Yeah. And so then sometimes then I start to question, oh, but on paper, everything is so good. So like maybe I should just stop that part of my brain from always trying to poke at something it's not quite right. So let me reframe it in more Capricorn terms. Mm-hmm. You say to yourself, on paper, everything's so good, so I should sh- suck it up. I should stop being needy. I should stop having these yeah. feelings. I should suck it up, right? Yeah, because it looks good already. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So this is where, and this is a really very human thing, but I think it's something that this is where it becomes really important 
to identify that bullying yourself to suck it up, that's a childhood trauma pattern. You know where you got those messages, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, So the other thing is, because something looks good on paper does not mean that it feels good. And because something looks good on paper, sometimes that means that's your coping mechanism. I make things look okay. Nobody's worried about me. Everyone thinks I got this. And that's that makes you feel safer. But if you rest on that surface thing, that paper thin, you know, thing, then what ends up happening is you don't sit with your own discomfort around, okay, so I've made everyone feel better. I am technically doing well. Mm-hmm. And I still feel these feelings. Now I need to investigate these feelings. And this brings me to something else. What do you do for a living? I'm a professor. You're a professor. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you like teaching? I do actually just came from teaching and it's like coming off of like a really high from a really good class. Yeah. Mm, Excellent. Okay, good. So there's a lot of things in your chart that point towards teaching. You've got Jupiter and it sits right opposite your Uranus your Neptune and your Saturn. And Jupiter is like the higher learning and higher education. Mm -hmm. So you really love taking complex topics that are like, do you teach philosophy or something that's like heady and amorphous and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I teach rhetoric. So yeah, but a lot of those like questions with no answers. Correct. Yes, that's exactly. Yeah. Check. You are doing what you are called to do. It is within your nature. Also, you're a Sagittarius. You have Mercury in Sagittarius. So mm-hmm. great. Wonderful. You're doing you're doing what you feel called to do. Here's the only trouble in the context of this conversation. You go to work and you perform intelligence. You perform understanding. You perform identity, which is your damn job. That's We're mm-hmm. not criticizing. That's the job. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't teach and be like, I'm going to be completely myself all the time. Like that would make <laughs> teaching about you. You'd be a terrible teacher, right? So you're, you're doing all these things. You found a really healthy and appropriate way to do what you're very comfortable with. Being likable, being palatable, sharing big ideas, inspiring people, and performing competency. This is where things get complex because what you've done is created a life where that is healthy and appropriate and you're using your skills wisely and well. We don't want to change any of that. We want to validate all of that. But then when you come home, and this will become more intensely true the older you get or the longer you do Mm -hmm. that, the more effort you have to put into filling the space between what you're doing at work, which is really appropriate for at work, but is not appropriate at home. So you get all these accolades for doing like this stuff that is the right stuff to do at work. But then when you're home, when you're with your partner, when you're with your bestie, when you're alone, it's like you have to experience the contrast. Does that make sense what I mean by the contrast? That's something that I'm now grappling with. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's just new and unsettling. Yeah, it is new and unsettling. So let me just give a couple more words to Mm -hmm. this idea of contrast, because whether or not we have a trauma history, but certainly extra if we have a trauma Mm -hmm. history, which I mean, I'll I'll give you points for trauma history if you're in the market for them. When we experience high functioning parts of ourselves and, Mm -hmm. you know, we get, again, validation and we Mm -hmm. get reinforcement for them. But then we try to use those skills inappropriately. Kind of like we're talking about with you, right? You're like, Uh when you do this in your personal life, it just leads to you feeling lonely and isolated and like you don't belong because Uh you're abandoning belonging to yourself. So Uh 
Now we are in the contrast. You're like, okay, there's these parts of me that are so mature and so well-adjusted. And then there's these (laughs) other parts of me that are not as well-adjusted and Mm -hmm. not as mature and don't know what to do. And that contrast is fucked up. It feels like shit Mm -hmm. because you're like, you know, operating like tens across the board. And then you go home and you're like, oh, I got a five. Was that a four? What did I do? Does that make sense what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. But I I often felt like I I used to think that I would not be able to live past 30 because I'm so clumsy and suck at other parts of my life. That's not work that I'm going to get in some kind of freak accident and then die. Fascinating. (laughs) That's wild. Don't the people in your family live pretty long? Yes, actually. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. And aren't there other people who are clumsy and accident prone in your family? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I don't think you're out early. <laughs> I mean, you've already crossed 30, but I don't yeah. think you're going to get out early. Sorry about that. I think you're accident prone. Um, mm-hmm. But it's mainly when you're you're like not in the moment. Uh-huh. It's, it's yeah. when your head's all over the place, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. It's uncomfortable to be in your skin when you experience so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And that's your work is to be in the uncertainty and to not abandon yourself, understanding that your most effective and high, highly validated method of abandoning yourself is focusing on the other person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. that is very true. Yes. Yeah. That's the problem here. It is very hard to break the habit of being likable and digestible to others. Because mm-hmm. it really, really works and it makes everyone feel good, except for you. I mean, it makes you feel good uh-huh. in the moment. And yeah. then it makes you feel more empty and more the sense of like distance between you and the other people in your life. Yeah, because I feel like that nobody really knows me because if I don't even know who I am. Then how can other people know? Right. And so this brings us to a couple things. The first is you got a damn stellium in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. The other one is you've got a Mars-Pluto conjunction in Scorpio. Your moon Venus conjunction, and also the fact that you got a couple planets in Sagittarius, make Mm. you want, and and also I should add your Taurus rising, make you want to be nice. They make you want to be fun. They make you want to like be not high maintenance. Mm -hmm. I'm cool. I can kind of roll with this. I'm adaptable, you know, all this kind of good stuff. But you've got fucking five planets in Capricorn, which means... You can absolutely uh, get bogged down in heaviness. You are particularly sensitive to the weight of the world. And you can have a feeling of weightiness within your psyche, within your heart, that Mm. other people are going to think is a bummer. There's a (laughs) reason why I call Saturn the boner killer, you Mm. know, and I think that With all of this Capricorn, you know, there's definitely a meaningful part of your nature that is like, what's the point? Everything's heavy. I don't have to be in a good mood. What's to be in a good mood? There's nothing positive. Everything's heavy. Everything's bad. Where are we going? Obviously, Mm -hmm. where are we going? It's bad. Then on top of it, you have a Mars-Pluto conjunction in Scorpio, and it's in your sixth house. So Mars is related to embodiment and your body, Mm -hmm. and, and the sixth house is also related to your body. So when you really get in your body and you're not doing that people pleasing and you're not performing uh-huh. all of your best qualities, right? But when you're really mm-hmm. in your body, you experience your petty feelings. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. your petty feelings, your resentments, 
your terrors, your rage, Mm -hmm. right? All the shit that you're not supposed to feel according Uh to society. And it's in the body. So what what do you do when you experience that viscerally? You do what every human does. You're like, I'm out. (laughs) No, Mm -hmm. this is terrible. So it's like the depressive Capricorn vibes and then the most scorpionic vibes you could possibly have. Pluto, Mars, conjunction and Scorpio. OMG, that is so freaking Scorpio. So it really gives you this depth, this incredible depth that if we go back to how well adjusted your life is. Well, mm-hmm. you're, you're not just studying rhetoric, you're teaching rhetoric. So you're mm-hmm. you're getting into ethical and philosophical inquiry deeply, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're like hanging out in the dirt with concepts. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is so healthy for you. But when you're in the emotions of those things, not the high level Sagittarian concepts, right? Uh-huh. When you're in the emotions, this is where you feel that alienation and that lack of belonging to others, to self, to anything Uh intensely. And I want to say from my perspective, this is simply like, it's like a big, big fat layer, Mm -hmm. but it's one, it's only one layer of what exists. It's just that I don't know that you've gotten, you've been able to sit with that layer long enough to get Mm -hmm. past that layer. Does that make sense? Yes. I, so I think this is what is going on recently Mm -hmm. is that I'm starting to stick at this. And then say, okay, but the things that are coming out, it's like causing this potential upheaval in my otherwise really good on paper life. Correct. Okay, good. Yeah. We're here already. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to get into to like whatever like situations are really up for you around this. But I want to say this. When we start to belong to ourselves, when we identify where we begin and end and our boundaries, when we start figuring out who we really fucking are and showing up as that and having the needs of that, inevitably for every person on the planet, that will cost you relationships. That will Mm. cost you ideas. It'll cost you identities. And it does so because that is a massive change that you're Mm -hmm. initiating, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that this is one of the biggest reasons why most people don't choose to change over the course of life. Because if you're walking around town every day and being like, I have a daisy in my lapel because I think daisies are the nicest flower in the world. And then one day you tell all of your besties, I actually don't really like daisies. I'm really interested in thorny roses. That's all I really want is thorny roses. <laughs> well, it's OK. Well, some people are going to be like, but I liked you because I also like daisies. And this was like a thing that we identified with. Yes. I hate thorny roses. Yeah. What I'm getting at is two parts. One is this is par for the course. And the other is to take a bigger picture perspective. Sometimes when people are upset that we have changed, what we do is we focus on how it makes us feel and what it means about us. And it's like, I'm trying to have this boundary and I'm trying to heal. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. But also if you take a bigger picture view, you can have some empathy for, I told them I like daisies. I actually Uh don't like daisies and, and (laughs) I need to give them ample space to process, not that I was lying because I wasn't lying, but that I told them I liked daisies and they liked me because I like daisies. And I need to give them as much space as I've taken because you've taken, you know, better part of your lifetime to start to Uh come into these things. And so giving people that are close enough to us time, Mm -hmm. not a couple hours, not a couple days, unless (laughs) it's like a really light relationship, but actual time to understand the change 
you know, I mm-hmm. think can really help you to not personalize the way people react initially. Mm-hmm. So that said, what relationship or situation should we start with? <laughs> so I have been with my current partner for seven years. Congratulations. And great. Yeah, thanks. But then it's like this recently, then when I start to belong more to myself, that I start to think about, oh, what is the core of this relationship? So we mm. also recently decided to, like a few months ago, open up the relationship. So it kind of generated this question is like, you know, if the core of it is not just that of our routine of owning a house together, of like watching TV at this given time, then what is the core? Mm-hmm. And so I like when I started to ask these questions, I'm starting to think that, oh, maybe I actually really want a partner who also is into these heady questions of like looking at the word and people with wonder and openness. But before I thought, you know what, I am willing to like let that go if the stability and security, materially speaking, on the service are really good. So mm. now I'm kind of like, okay, but if I am not as okay about it, then what does this mean? That's really deep. Okay. There's a lot of pieces to this, right? Mm-hmm. One is you opened up your relationship. Was this for the first time? Yes. Okay. And are there any rules to that? There are no particular hard boundaries about like, oh, no feelings allowed or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. really just we are having ongoing conversation, but we do see each other as life partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no like you have to have safer sex with people if you hook up with them oh, yeah, or you have to tell sure. me yes. or you you verbalize so, that? Yeah. So we okay. have definitely safer sex you know, talk a lot about, you know, like testing schedules, that kind of thing. And also we have conversations about, you know, what kind of connections we're developing for folks. And so we definitely continue to have those dialogue. It is not a don't ask, don't tell kind okay. of arrangement. It's, it's, a sh- it's a sharing is caring situation. Yes. Okay, great. Great, great, great. That's way more your speed. I'm glad to hear it. I'm also (laughs) really glad to hear you've talked about safer sex because so many people do not. And I always think that seems like the the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. 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 Okay, great. Happy to hear it. I'm going to have you say your full name out loud and then his. So my full name is. And Mm -hmm. then his full name is. Did you give me your whole name? I did. Can you leave out the English? Look at you. You pulled a, you pulled a fast one on yourself. A little bit of a Sagittarian uh-huh. move if I've ever seen one. Uh-huh. You were like, okay, I'm starting to make this massive progress in my relationship to myself and understand myself. Uh-huh. And it's starting to kind of trigger stuff in my in my gut and in my chest about my partner. And then was it uh-huh. your idea to open up the relationship? At first it is, but then he kind of took more steps recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought at first it was. This was, again, Mm -hmm. I'm going to call this a very Sagittarian move here. You were just like, everything is changing all at once. I know. I'll tell my partner that we should just rip down the walls of our house and see what it feels like (laughs) to live without walls. And this is a move that you pull in your life where you're just like, I'm on the brink of figuring something out. And now I'm going to do everything all at once. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. So I want to say, next time you have that idea, uh-huh. wait on it. Give it, <laughs> give it a couple months because now it's really hard to track what's inherent to you, what's inherent to the two of you as a team, and what's a complication of this brand new 
unboundaried agreement the two of you have made. And I say kind of unboundaried because it is. And also, mm-hmm. yeah, you're a fucking Sagittarius, but you got five planets in Capricorn. What are you mm. doing without boundaries? You know what I mean? Like having a sense of like, these are the walls is really important. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not important for you intellectually. And it's not important uh-huh. to you philosophically. Uh-huh. It's important to you emotionally. So again, we have this way that you've unintentionally de-emphasized your own emotional needs uh-huh. for your ability to have like a largesse of yeah. perspective, right? Like ideologically, yeah. be a vegan, be poly, yes. But yeah. is that for everyone all the time? No. And uh-huh. I, this is one of those moments, <laughs> right, where I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, let me just tell you what I see when I look at this energetically mm-hmm. for you. There's this large landscape and you are facing it. And mm-hmm. within it, there are tunnels and there's tunnels. And when you look through these tunnels of light, you're like, fuck yeah, I want this. I want to be able to flirt with these people. I want to be able to explore what happens. Uh-huh. Fuck yeah, that tunnel's delicious. It's it's solitude. It's a lack of pressure and expectation. Uh-huh. Like, you know, now I can appreciate my partner a little more because things are less expected and less predictable. So there's like all of these things, but there's all this kind of heavy dark space all around it because uh-huh. it's not the most nurturing thing you could have done. And I, and I mm. don't mean you've made a bad choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way you've made the choice that you made, which may be great or not. I'm not, I'm not actually considering that. Mm-hmm. But the way you've made the choice isn't as nurturing for your your emotional needs and nature as it could be. Yeah. I think initially, yes, I definitely have gone on to, you know, making decisions because philosophically, politically, yeah. I want that big picture. Yes. So then I push down and say, oh, but I'm feeling a little iffy about this. And then, nope, keep on going. And then, but all this happened then, lead me down this path of like trying to figure out, oh, maybe I never belong to myself. So then it became kind of like not about the relationship anymore. But of right. course, you still have to deal with this right. main person in my life. But yeah. it is about your relationship. It's that you're having mm. self-discovery. Hold on. I'm going to tell you what I'm seeing. And you tell me if uh-huh. this feels right or wrong or if uh-huh. you're just not sure. I'm just going to be very blunt. Is mm-hmm. that? Are you comfortable with that? Yeah. Okay. I think that, again, you were making ma- massive progress, figuring all this stuff out about yourself. Mm-hmm. And through that process, you became uncertain about your partner and your partnership. Mm-hmm. And instead of sitting with it, again, you just tore down all the walls. And in a way... <clears throat> I don't think you did this consciously, but I think you uh-huh. set it up to disappoint you so you could get out, even though you're not sure you want to get out. And this is where it is really important to be able to acknowledge that big ideas, ideals, philosophies, rhetoric, whatever you want to call it, big mm-hmm. ideas are essential and important to who and what you are. Mm-hmm. But if you organize your life around those big ideas without having a balance between sitting with how Mm. you feel inside when you're Mm -hmm. present with those realities, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to lead you kind of like, oh my God, I'm so close to myself. Now I'm away from myself because we are not ideas and concepts and ideals. I mean, that's a part of what we are. Uh But really at the end of the day, it is how we feel, how we feel in our hearts, how we feel in our Mm -hmm. meat suits, that kind of stuff. Are you looking to level up your skills or expand your self-knowledge with astrology? 
If so, explore the classes on my website where you can gain the expertise and also perspective that you seek with various topics from manifestation to the 12th house to outer planets and love or exploring mental health with astrology. There's so many classes that I have on the shop page of my website. Just visit lovelaniato.com slash shop. That's lovelaniato.com slash shop and learn with me today. This guy, say his name again. You said, this is an idea. This is a concept. Let's do this idea. Let's do this concept. And he really wasn't sure, but you really unpacked it for him and you sold him on it. And now he's like, okay, let's do this. And he's like a practitioner of this idea now. And that is not what you meant, it turns out. And I'm not saying, again, it was an error, but like, I keep on seeing him with bicycles. Does he ride a bicycle? Used to. Used to. Okay. Because yeah. he, and so I don't, I was like, am I seeing something literal? Am I seeing a metaphor? But I feel like some people have lots of ideas about the importance of bicycles in society from an mm-hmm. environmental standpoint, from all these standpoints, whereas he's the kind of person who's just going to keep on working on his bike. He's just working on his bike. He's got, does that make sense to you about who he is? Does the metaphor make sense? He, so I'm very big picture out there and he's just like in the nitty gritty. Yes. What are we going to do? Yeah. yeah. And so you said, go do whatever you want. Here are the like two little rules. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the two of you are doing it for the same reasons. I don't think you have the same emotional or physical relationship to these concepts. And so, again, I come back to you were doing this really good experiment of living mm-hmm. with yourself and getting to know yourself. And then you muddied the experiment by throwing in all of these mitigating factors that are really hard to track. Yes, because now suddenly became very heady. And for him, it's just like logistically, like materially, we're just carrying out what we yep. talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you have a specific question or do you just want me to like rattle off? I think right now I feel like he and I feel like we're at an impasse. Of whether or not um, to stay together? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I don't really know how to sort myself out and then also figure out whether this is a partnership that will continue to have both of us grow together. Yeah. Here's my advice, and I don't think you're going to love it. Um, And do you live together, right? Yes, we do. Okay, great. So close the relationship back up. Again, I'm not saying I think this is a bad idea. I think the timing is sus. You needed to get to this place where the two of you are actually talking about whether or not this is going to work for the next seven years or the next Mm -hmm. 20 years. This is where you needed to get to. You do not Mm -hmm. need to be hooking up with other people to have that conversation. In fact... Mm -hmm complicates the conversation. It muddies the conversation. And mm-hmm. this is the part where I just was like, okay, you don't want to hear this because again, you were the cheerleader for this fucking idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so I'm, I am recommending that you have a conversation with him where you make an agreement to pull that out so that you can really focus on figuring out how you feel and whether or not things aren't working or you have simply done what all humans do at around the seven year mark. There's a, it's called a seven year itch. Mm-hmm. Part of it, like it's, this is a thing. It's a Saturn cycle, seven years, right? Ah. So it's have you simply fallen into a rut and routine that, with intention and love, you could change and would both be better for it, or have you fallen into a rut and a routine that indicates that you've done all you can do together in a healthy way? And you cannot know that without 
being really present with each other, which requires being really present with yourselves mm-hmm. as individuals, mm-hmm. which you're having a hard time doing. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think he's having a hard time doing, although I don't think he would necessarily agree with that. But I think he's having a hard time doing that as well. And again, having the option to flirt with other people, hook up with other people, cultivate intimacies with other people mm-hmm. is going to take you both away from uncomfortable work of really figuring this out as a team because you're still a team. Whether mm-hmm. or not you're like the highest functioning team in the world is a different conversation. But like, yeah, you're still a team. And do you still like having sex with them? Yes. So okay. right now, neither of us are seeing other people. Great. We just do not have the conversation about like formally closing it back up. But neither of us is like actively searching for anything. But then there's always a part of me that do wonder how things would have turned out if I had given a previous relationship longer, if I had not broken up with this person that right. I dated years ago longer mm-hmm. Like maybe, but then at the same time, I'm also like, I don't want to just jump out of this only to check somebody else out because that's unfair to everyone involved. And I also don't think I'll get an answer there. I agree. The person from the past, I'm not even going to look at them because I can tell you this really clearly is a distraction. Mm -hmm. You're trying Uh to go back in time to figure out how you felt the way you felt when you were with that person. Uh huh. When you were with him, when it was working, there was a way that you were connected to yourself. You did belong to yourself. Mm-hmm. And you missed that part of you. And so you're seeking it in someone else again. Mm-hmm. So I see. let me just say this. Your psyche is giving you a message and you're a little misinterpreting it. From my perspective. Don't fucking uh-huh. you, know, you don't have to listen to me. I'm not the fucking <laughs> voice of your psyche or anything. But this is my take. You jumped out of the relationship too quick. In the uh-huh. past. And now you're, uh-huh. you're like, did I do the right thing? And now uh-huh. you're with this fucking guy. You opened uh-huh. up the relationship and you're considering uh-huh. whether or not to go. Don't jump yeah. out too quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> jump out too quick. This, you, you, you were with him for seven years. If it takes you a year to figure out whether or not you have a future, it's fucking worth it. Yeah, this is what I'm at right now, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take at least a year. <laughs> I, I feel like it's worth time. And I would also say... I'm going to double down and you do not have to take my advice, but I'm going to double down on closing the relationship back up uh-huh. because having this escape hatch is giving mm-hmm. you a distraction from uh-huh. sitting with how you feel trapped with him sometimes. Uh-huh. And you need to actually sit with that because I do not think he's trapping you. I think this is what comes up for you with people sometimes uh-huh. and yeah. with people that you're really close to and mm-hmm. being able to really m- be present with the ways in which you feel trapped Mm. is going to either be the key to figuring out something about yourself and hopefully also something about the relationship. But for as long as you have these beautiful, you know, as I said, them like (laughs) these tunnels into possibility, I could flirt with someone else. I could hook up with someone else. Uh It's, it's distracting you from the reality. And so put the walls back up on your damn house and tend to what's in the house. And then you can destroy the house if you want to. Then you can rebuild the house Mm. if you want to. Then Mm -hmm. you can take the walls down again. But it's a timing issue for me. Mm -hmm. It's not whether or not the two of you could do non-monogamy or polyamory. I think it's absolutely very possible if the two of you were like in a really stable place of like loving each other and wanting each other Mm -hmm. and liking each other. But that's not really where the two of you are. You're you're stuck. Yeah. So we I thought we were there before until all of these things happened. You thought you were where before? I thought we were like good. We 
know each other. We know that we're committed to each other. We can go the long haul and all that. So you knew that until you opened up the relationship? Yeah, and no. then I have okay. all these self-discoveries. Okay. I see what you're yeah. saying. I see what you're yeah. saying. Okay. Okay. Well, this is how you learned it. Again, I think you uh-huh. opened up the relationship to get to the spot. And now, uh-huh. again, I would say there's something that's starting to emerge in our conversation where you're a little bit confusing the message with the meaning. You're confusing the way you got to figure it out with the thing itself. So in uh-huh. other words, let's go back to that ex-boyfriend. Uh-huh. You had this time where you really belonged to yourself when you were with him. And so you associate uh-huh. him with that when what uh-huh. it was was a combination of where you were at in your life, feeling loved because you did feel loved by him at that time uh-huh. and just being right with yourself in a particular way. And you're giving him power and authority. You're giving him kind of like props <laughs> for how you felt in your skin when you happened to be with him. But mm-hmm. I'm saying... It's not because of him. It was because of Mm -hmm. you. And, you know, Mm -hmm. plus, 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 but it was because of you. I think some of that's what's happening with your current partner. The two of you are, you have, again, on paper, a perfect relationship. Everything's Mm -hmm. great. You guys are great. I mean, my guess is you're really great at dinner parties together. Like, Uh everyone wants to invite because you're like, chill. You're not a bummer. You're not like too coupley, but you like Uh really clearly are friends with each other and respect each other. Like, you guys are a great couple. Uh But what's happening on a deeper emotional level? Uh-huh. Like, that's really the, the question. And I, when I look at it energetically, do not mm-hmm. see clearly whether this is a problem that you are both having with your individual selves. And so it's up in the relationship, inevitably, mm-hmm. or if it's a problem in the relationship. Mm. And I kind of have the sense that it's the first, that this is a place you both get to. Mm-hmm. in relationships eventually because it's a problem you have with yourselves as an individuals mm. so it's inevitably come up uh-huh. and for me that's the best kind of problem you can ever have in a relationship because the problem you have with yourself that you need to work with and come into healing and alignment with yourself if that's the problem you have in your relationship then the problem of the relationship is helping you to heal whether you stay together yeah or yeah and so as you're both evolving and changing or not, the question mm-hmm. will become like, do you grow together as you figure this out? Or again, is this, you know, I bid you adieu. This is the end. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there's a, a right or a wrong answer, but I do think that this is a great relationship to work on and work and work mm. for because the things that are primarily wrong with it are really just what's wrong with you and what's wrong with him. Uh-huh. I see what you're saying. And not yeah. like wrong as in when we come together, something Correct. is wrong. Right. Uh-huh. And we've all been around couples and we've all been part of couples where it's like when we come together, it's wrong. Right. Uh-huh. But that is not the situation here. Again, this is part of why I think you unconsciously threw in like a Molotov cocktail into the mix, because you're just like, if we create some drama, then we'll find <laughs> something wrong. And again, I, I bring us back to when you come home from work, or you come home from socializing or whatever it is that you do and you know with other people or in the world and you really figure out how to come into your body there is a restlessness and an uncomfortability at best uh-huh yeah yeah and that requires some measure of isolation or seclusion or alone time and mm-hmm. 
if you sit with those feelings and you don't distract from those feelings, then you could come to your partner and you would be a heavier version of you than he's used to. Yes, that is. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that your metaphor earlier about daisies and thorny roses. Yes. Because I felt like, oh, then you won't like me anymore. Correct. And the yeah. truth is, he might not. Yeah. And if he doesn't, that means you two aren't growing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And it may be that he is uncomfortable because it's completely new and feels out of the blue right. for him. Whereas you've been working internally on this for the whole time he's known you. Yes. But, but again, every time you make progress, what do you do? Your survival mechanisms are like, double down, be nicer, be lighter, uh-huh. be funnier, laugh more at his jokes, put on a comedy. And so he may not like it for a period of time. And that might mm-hmm. not affect things in the big picture, or it may affect things in the big picture. The truth is that you might not like it. Who fucking likes feeling heavy? Nobody. Right. Like, right. You know what I mean? You yeah. Don't like it. Let's not even focus on whether or not he likes it. Right. Part of why your psyche saying he won't like me is because you might not like you completely. Uh-huh. Right? You yeah. don't want to be around a bummer. Right. So, okay. Sit with all of that and still honor how you feel. That's the work. Mm-hmm. And if the two of you turn out to be compatible through this, yeah, then you're going to spend your fucking lives together. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. what I felt like. If I yeah. can go through this, yes. then we can sort it out. Then, yeah. Then you're just like, well, what What can't you do? Part of the struggle here is that the problem isn't with him. The problem that you have is with you. Mm-hmm. Look at him. He's really accustomed to you keeping everything. You're like, yeah, you keep everything really chill. You like set the tone and you maintain the tone. And he relies on you for that. I think uh-huh. most people in your life rely on you for that. Like I provide a structure and yep. a script that you just follow. Yes. Yep. Yep. But right now I don't want to do it anymore. Correct. Yeah. And as that occurs, not only are you showing up as more yourself, but you're asking other people to show up. Uh-huh. No one's good at that all the time. And no one's good at that when they're all of a sudden destabilized because like, you know, we go to a daisy field, we go to a daisy field, seven years pass, we go to a daisy field and all of a sudden it's like brambles, right? Uh-huh. That's, it's it's triggering. It's really triggering for, for people. It's disorienting for people. And yes. what will happen with this period of change, of disorientation for you and for others is you will feel that people don't like you because mm-hmm. even though that may not be the case, Everything you do is to get people to like relax around you and to feel held around you and to feel Mm -hmm. fine around you. So you're not doing that anymore. They will, whatever they're feeling will be so different. So you're going to feel like they don't like you and you need to tolerate that. You need Mm -hmm. to let people have their own fucking feelings and not manage other people's feelings as a way to make yourself feel more safe. Uh Aha. Yeah. 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 That is really hard because I always want to feel safe. Like if people like me, then that means they won't hurt me. Correct. Who needs to hurt you when you're doing such a good job of hurting yourself? (laughs) You know, I mean, it's the it's the million dollar question, right? This is like a very post first Saturn return crisis you're in because you're realizing Mm. this well-adjusted coping mechanism that's kept you afloat, that's had you survive your childhood and thrive as an adult. Uh Also, the thing that you're doing, keep yourself down and stop yourself from growing. It's a very adult human crisis. And Mm -hmm. it's also very fucking personal and very hard. And Mm -hmm. so I don't recommend that you do this at a 100% tilt and with all your relationships all at once. I recommend that you titrate 
you know, that you mm-hmm. do it a little bit and notice what comes up. And then if you want to mm-hmm. just be like, okay, I really want to crack a joke. Okay. I really want to like lighten the situation. Stay with your emotions and try to like, wait a minute before you crack the joke, sit in the emotions, sit in the discomfort for an extra minute. If you can tolerate a minute mm-hmm. after that, great. If you can't, cool. Be like, hey, you look great in that outfit. You know, do the thing that you do that makes everyone feel comfortable and confident and fix the situation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You don't have to do it at 100% because you are not a theory. You are an emotional uh-huh. being. And emotions, you can't power through your feelings if you want to feel better, if you want to be more emotionally integrated. So give yourself permission to move through this a little bit more slowly than you would prefer. Okay. Oh, okay. It's so hard. I know. It's stupid. They're giving you <laughs> terrible advice. I know. It's awful and offensive. I'm so sorry. I just want to be done and figure it out and yep. then we like move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really hard to heal yourself with the same tool that you injured yourself with. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what you're trying to do. You're like, I found a blunt object. It gets the job done. How come I'm not fixing myself with the same blunt object? What you want to remind yourself is that you are not being called upon to stop being diplomatic, to stop having good social skills, to stop being fun and light. It's that you're calling upon yourself to develop other parts of yourself in addition, to develop Mm -hmm. other skills and tools in addition. So if what you need is to smooth things over and get get along with people, yeah, you're always going to have that skill. It's never going to go away. Right. But you also want a relationship with yourself and with other people that doesn't exist at the expense of a sense of belonging to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. doesn't exist at the expense of a person really knowing you. So that when you feel yeah. a sense of belonging with them, it has roots, it has depth, it yeah. has uh-huh. meaning. Uh huh. Because with your partner, he really does get you. And also he doesn't know you. It's both. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is what boggles our mind. Yes. 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 Yeah. So that is a largely because mm-hmm. you haven't let him know you. Because mm-hmm. I don't even let myself know myself. Correct. Correct. Okay, good. This is good. And that's where you start from. You don't start from anywhere else. You just start from here. This is where sharing with him, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a bummer. I don't want you to not like me. And mm-hmm. I know that might sound silly, you know, but that's kind of like the shit that's in my head, that stops me, right? Mm -hmm. Let me look at this dude one more time. Say his full name. Do you know if one of his parents had depression or was just kind of like a really heavy-handed person? I know both parents. What do you mean by heavy-handed? Was an emotionally intense person when he was growing up. I think so, but I don't think, I wouldn't say like particularly intense, but like high-strung maybe? High-strung. Uh-huh. Let me tell you why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. I do think that there's going to be some trigger for him from his own childhood where if you really show up with your heaviness and with the like messy uh, emotions that he has a trigger that he has to drop everything and tend to you because that's what happened in his childhood. Does that make sense? So he's he has said that in therapy that he's very afraid of making me upset. And I was like, what are you so scared of that? I don't know. I just don't like, I just cannot yeah. see you upset. So he'd rather not do certain things or hide certain part of himself so yep. that I won't be upset. It's this fear that it's his job to manage it and control it and, and da, 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 da. And so there's a way that 
there needs to be like you the two of you have had conversations around non-monogamy or polyamory i don't know what mm-hmm, you were calling mm-hmm. it have those conversations about when you show up and your mood isn't lovely mm-hmm. what do you need from him what do you want from him give him some ground rules give him some expectations and if you don't know what those are that's fine you know how to have an exploratory conversation yeah and you know how to share with him i don't know what i need so uh-huh. i'm not expecting anything from you and if i realize what i need through not getting it i'm not going to be mad at you i'm not mm-hmm. going to punish you mhm Part of why you work so well for him is because there's not a whole lot of surprises with you in this way, right? You tend to be pretty even killed and consistent, all that fucking Capricorn. And so when he sees that Pluto, Mars conjunction and Scorpio in you, when he sees past all this, like everything's fine, I've got it under control, he's scared because he doesn't know what the fuck to do. And you have trained him exceptionally well to not look underneath the hood. Now you're Uh changing the rules, you're changing in so many Uh ways. Uh I do think he's going to have some triggers around this. Again, those triggers are not because he doesn't like you or because he Mm -hmm. thinks heavy emotions are bad. It's because he doesn't know what's expected of him and he's scared of failing. Oh, that's so apt. Yeah. And it's really important that you remember that we all have our own trauma shit where it's like the other person's like, that's the thing you're worried about. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? And, And But that's the thing he's worried about. And so having so much cap in you, you're so good at like, being a good daddy to to everyone in your life, like showing up and giving them what they need. Uh-huh. It can create a feeling of like, well, this person doesn't know how to be a daddy to you. You're the daddy, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you want to just hold space for that. The two of you are going to learn how to share power, right? Mm-hmm. Which means he needs to step into a little more and you need to let go of a little more. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you have more power is because you do it to control things so that you don't get hurt and no one gets hurt, right? Uh-huh. You're not doing it because you're uh-huh. power hungry. But he doesn't do it, not because he doesn't want to, but because he's really authentically frightened of making a mistake and the harm that that mistake would cause. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's a very good little white boy. Can I call him little even though he's so tall? Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you. (laughs) And so, okay, so the two of you have growth to do of coming into yourselves and being able to stay present with complexity. Again, This is the growth you both need to do as individuals together or separate. So you might as well Uh fucking do it together, whether or Uh not it brings you to the end or to a new beginning. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we are coming up on our time together. So Mm -hmm. I want to say one more thing, which is, are you still in relationship with your mom? Yes, but it's always tenuous. Yes. The reason why I'm bringing this up. Yeah, I was wondering why. Yeah, Yeah. you're like, why the fuck? Yeah. Because you damn Sagittarius, once you start to make real progress with your partner, I could see you being like, now I'm going to work on the core issue. I'm going to contact my mother and I'm going to try to figure this thing out. No, no, don't do everything all at once is what I'm trying to say. Mm. There, There is going to be time if you decide to work on this relationship with your mom to do so. It will be more effective if you work on belonging to you and mm-hmm. you feel really different than you do now because then you won't be mm-hmm. turning to her for any kind of like she's yeah. she is who she is and she is not going to change. So you're going to change or you're not going to change. That's what's about to happen. You know what I mean? So I want mm-hmm. to just like validate, like, don't pull any ripcord. Like, this is not the time to be blowing up your life further. This is the time to be turning inside intending, right? Okay. And I do think you'll find your mom in there. I do think you're, you'll find like core shit with your mom in there. Uh-huh. And it's all about 
again, you belonging to you, you Mm -hmm. honoring your relationship with yourself and in your body and in your heart. And you don't need to deal with her to do that Mm -hmm. work. Mm-hmm. I just really want to affirm that this pattern in your life that we've been talking about, uh-huh. I do think it comes out of your matrilineage. Mm. That, yes. Yeah. I can see that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And whenever we're dealing with inherited ancestral stuff, we can deal with it psychologically, we can deal with it physically, we can deal mm-hmm. with it emotionally, but there's also this part, this epigenetic part that is in more than our brain. It's in our fucking fibers. Yeah. And that just makes the work happen slower. That's all. Uh-huh. It uh-huh. happens slower because it's not all cognitive. It's not all analytic. It's not all change your behavior and everything follows. Some of it is just really like giving your cells space to evolve. And that, it just, it takes, it takes some time. Another like misconception about Capricorn because Capricorn is related to time. Capricorn is a very, very impatient sign. So you have your set, you've got like most of your chart is in Sagittarius and Capricorn, two very impatient signs. Uh So you are likely to be quite patient with other people that you Mm -hmm. care about, but incredibly Mm -hmm. impatient with yourself. I want to say, okay, work with that. You know, this is why I'm saying like, do what you can as you can. Don't add any new extra craziness. Like this stuff with your partner is Uh really good work. It's just really good work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your advice of like not blowing it up any further. Yeah. It's hard to do, but I think I know that that is the correct answer. Yeah. 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 And listen, if you continue, if you blow it up further in whatever way, you know, you have the opportunity, uh-huh. like sticks of dynamite, a, a, a lighter <laughs> fluid and a match, like what, whatever you do, learn from it, right? You do your best, mm-hmm. you learn from it. But blowing things up is a distraction. We can certainly see when we look at like American politics, how many fucking shitty people in politics, you know, set something on fire over here while they do something truly nefarious over there. Uh-huh. Right. They do that because it works, because it works. And we as individual humans trying our best unconsciously do that same thing over and over again. We get fixated on this one thing that this one person said or this one relationship. (sighs) And then we're like really fixated over here while we're unconsciously abandoning ourselves. We're unconsciously feeding into old narratives or unhealthy behaviors or whatever it is. It's It's just part of the human condition. And it takes time to to shift it because it's so unconscious and emotional. It's reflexive. Mm-hmm. So be patient with yourself. You know, this is not a big idea. This is something else. I see. Because I've yeah. been thinking about it as a big idea. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have. Yeah, you have. I see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not. So mm-hmm. I have this thing where I believe that ideas, right? Ideas, they can move so fast. And, you know, spiritual energy can move so Mm -hmm. fast, but emotions are like corgis with a cone on its head. You know what a corgi is? Like a tiny little dog Uh that's like low to Uh the ground. Not the Uh most graceful animal in the world. And with a cone on its head. Uh Side to side. They drag. They drag those cones, the poor little corgis. But emotions are so sweet. They're tender. You might want to snuggle them, but they're not graceful. They're slow. And they're lacking in perspective because our emotions Mm -hmm. only have internal perspective, which is based on past experiences Mm -hmm. as well as this moment. Mm -hmm. 
the mind. The mind is like, my mind has been filled with concepts and ideas. It is agile. I learn all these things. But that your inner corgi with a cone on its head really is just like in the room you've put it in. You know what Uh I mean? It's uh-huh. only been in the rooms of your house that it's been in, and it is not able to be agile because that's just not how the heart works. Mm. And I, I I, don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I don't enjoy it, uh-huh. moon and Capricorn to moon and Capricorn. I would prefer a quick, agile heart. But the yeah. truth of the matter is emotional maturity, emotional growth, emotional responsibility and healing, it's all slower than mental versions of those things. Mm-hmm. And if you can give yourself the space to have that journey and to be gentle and kind to your inner corky, life gets better. It really does. It, you know, it doesn't get easier on the short term, but it gets easier uh-huh. in the long term. Yeah, I will remember this corky. Okay, good. I'm so glad. So we've done what we came here to do, didn't we? Mm-hmm. we I feel did. like we did. I feel like we, we did. did. I want to say this feeling, just kind of like a, as a like summary, this feeling of... Mm-hmm. Not exactly belonging. Mm-hmm. I imagine on some level it will evolve with you instead of completely go away. Mm-hmm. And that is because the human condition is one of separation. And that's because we're all in our individual bodies and we're not like connected by a neural network, right? right. I mean, we actually, like on a very high level spiritual level, we right. absolutely are, mm-hmm. which is where the pain of separation comes in. Mm-hmm. And you are wired in a way where you are emotionally and energetically connected to that reality mm-hmm. and and to the kind of heavy karmic existential grief that is <laughs> inherent to the human condition. Mm-hmm. And while it's not awesome, I also think there's something very mature and associated about it if you can mm-hmm. hold it in a way that doesn't require you to abandon yourself. Yes. And I think I will have to kind of dwell in it to like... Right see how it plays out. Yeah. I don't think you're going to have an answer to how it'll play out for quite some time. And uh, sorry, (laughs) Uh, you're so good at coming to answers. This is not a question with an answer. Mm -hmm. This is a question that requires a reorientation. And Uh that's, that's like a whole other ball of wax. And so I actually think that you are going to reorient and Mm -hmm. do the work required to reorient Mm -hmm. in a way that actually Mm -hmm. really works for you. And I, again, Capricorn moon to Capricorn moon for a moment Mm -hmm. here, Mm -hmm. that feeling, that feeling that is like at the core of your question that you, that you Mm -hmm. originally wrote in, sometimes it's sad, sometimes it's bad. Okay, fine. But there's also a way that it's just real. And if it's not, if you don't personalize that feeling and you recognize it as like just a reality of being a person, there's something very freaking uh-huh. in it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You would take myself out of it and just see it as a condition that we're all experiencing to yes. some degree. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. There's a freedom in that, you know? And I think if you if you continue to find ways, cultivate ways of belonging to yourself, you will experience more of that freedom. Because, yes, you've got five planets in Capricorn, but you have mm-hmm. a moon-Venus conjunction. You have Jupiter opposite your, your other planets. Like, you have the ability to access these lights at the end of the tunnel. You have the ability to Mm. hold pretty heavy concepts quite lightly. It's just Mm. a practice to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is hopeful. 
Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, I don't always end my readings on hope. That's not <laughs> my move. But I but I feel like it's it's valuable for me to do that with you because it looks like it's true. Oh, thank you. It's my yeah, pleasure, my darling. Nice to hear. Thank you so much. This has been really good. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.